So I was in a hurry to get up here. I forgot about the Bible reading. Um, I want to do something a little different this morning. I would like us all to turn to Luke chapter 2. And I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to have the men help me read through that, just two verses at a time. Um, So it'll be Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 1. Um, and going through verse 39, just, I think I'll open with a word of prayer here in a second, but what we'll do is we'll start with Earl, Earl, Joshua, Elvin, and go back to Daryl, and each have you read two verses. Um, All of a sudden, your first name slipped my mind. Martin, if you if your boys want to read, they're welcome to. You can decide that as you go. Uh, skipping around back through there. Um, while we're reading, I'm going to write a couple things on the board. And then, uh, yeah, we'll go on with the message from there. Let's open with a word of prayer first. <coughs> Heavenly Father, come before you now, Lord, as we begin the service here, as we continue with the service here, here from your word, Father, pray that you would just calm my heart, my spirit, Father, just feeling rushed this morning, just pray, Lord, that you would use me as a channel to speak your word, Father, pray that you would bring to mind those things that you want me to share. Father, you know the notes I have before me, and just pray, Father, that you would just use them in my own life and each of the brothers and sisters here. Father, pray that we could hear from your word this morning, especially as we look at the birth of Christ. Um, There's many people, many professing Christians profess to honor him at this time of the year. Father, just pray, Lord, that we could truly honor him. Again, just pray that you would calm my heart, my spirit, Father, as I share here. Just pray that you would work through me. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, we'll go ahead and, Earl, you want to start? Okay, I'll probably just finish then. Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the... and the glory of thy people Israel. And Joseph his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. And Simeon blessed them and said unto Mary his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel, and for a sign which shall be spoken against. Yea, a sword shall shall pierce 
through thy own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. And there was one, Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was of great age and had lived with an husband seven years from her virginity. And she was a widow about fourscore and four years, which departed not from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. And she, coming in that instant, gave thanks likewise unto the Lord, and spake of him to all that looked for the redemption in Jerusalem. And when they had performed all things according to the law of the Lord, they returned into Galilee to their own city of Nazareth. I put just a little bit of an outline there on the board of where I'm going here this morning. Um, I was thinking about it being... Christmas time, and I was thinking about having a message or taking uh, David's place here this morning, and I was thinking I wanted to share about the birth of Christ, and I was trying to think what what to share, and so in my studying, I ran across these two words, um, A and B there. I'm not a Greek scholar, but dekomai and prosdekomai, I think is how they would be pronounced. And you notice that uh, the second one is very similar to the first. And I'll explain more about those as we go through here. Um, And kind of give a little more of a definition. But So we, excuse me. So we just read here of the birth of Christ in Luke. Matthew also gives an account of it. Um, Several places in Matthew that I thought were interesting is how Matthew directly says, um, one place that says something to the effect of, as the prophets have said, this came to pass. Uh, Matthew tends to directly link the uh, the birth of Christ back with some of the prophecies of it. Um, and so the people of Israel at the time of the birth of Christ knew, or the Jews, should have known Christ was coming. There was um, some scholars, depends on where you look. Um, one place I found a list of 68, uh, some say 190, um, some Jewish rabbis would say as high as 500 or close to 500 prophecies of Christ were fulfilled at his birth. Um, Actually, I'm just thinking about that now. I think I might have read something wrong. The Jewish rabbis probably still wouldn't recognize his birth, so I'm not quite sure where their 450 is, Um, but there's a number of them. There was plenty in the Old Testament to give them an idea that Christ was coming, um, that God was sending a Messiah to save Israel, as it said about uh, Simon or Simeon. Um, God was sending a consolation of Israel, consolation meaning comforter, someone to comfort Israel. Um, at this time, 
Israel was in quite a bit of turmoil. Many of the people that were looking for the return of Christ were looking for uh, someone to overthrow the Romans, if you will. But that's not how Jesus came. That's not what his purpose was. And many missed that. I'm going to read in Matthew. Oh, I was going to give a couple of those uh, uh, prophecies. Matthew 2, 6. Um, You don't have to turn there. I'll just read a couple of these quick. And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Um, Micah 5 would be the prophecy of that. Um, Isaiah 7, 14, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Matthew 1, 23, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Um, Jeremiah thirty-one sixteen. Thus saith the Lord: A voice was heard in Ramah, lamentation and bitter weeping. Rachel, weeping for her children, refused to be comforted for her children because they were not. Um, as a prophecy of Herod killing all of the babies there in Bethlehem in an attempt to uh, to get rid of Jesus. And in Matthew two eighteen, it says in. Ramah, there was a voice heard, lamentation and weeping, a great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, and would not be comforted because they are not. Um, that passage there in Matthew follows directly after Herod sends out the men to kill all of the, all of the uh, baby boys um, in an attempt to, to eliminate Jesus. Um, so we all know this story very well. Uh, but two very little things that popped out to me, these two words, is the first one being to receive, and the second one being um, earnest expectation, I think is the best definition I came up with. And we'll... As we go through here, I'll refer to those two definitions a little bit about receiving and about earnestly expecting, so you can kind of keep those in mind as we go. Uh, Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, um, is where it starts the the, uh, birth of Christ there in Matthew. Verse 18, now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she will bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet. 
And behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. And Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. I'm going to jump back to Luke again. Probably want to just keep a finger in both places. We'll be going back and forth a little bit. Um, Luke chapter 1, verse 26. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou, hast con- thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and he shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she also has conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her, who is called barren. For with God nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. So with all the prophecies, as I was mentioning earlier, you would think that the Jews would be expecting and preparing. Um, It says that he's going to be born in Bethlehem. And then we have, as you read through the story, uh, all the inns are full. Um, Imagine with me, if you will, if they had been expecting Jesus to come, It's prophesied, so they should be expecting Jesus to come. Had they been expecting him, surely someone would have saved a room for him to be born in. You would think every time a young pregnant lady walked down the street, they would wonder, I wonder if Jesus will be born soon. You know, they should have been recognizing... um, all those things, thinking about all those things. But it seems as if uh, the vast majority, at least, uh, but there's a few in Israel that uh, I think it said right after, um, right after, I'm trying to find their name again, Anna, uh, says that she spake of him to all them that looked for redemption in Jerusalem. So apparently there were some that were looking for him, but 
you think that the city of Bethlehem, knowing that the Savior of Israel is going to be born there, they would have been looking for him, maybe even built a special uh, inn just for him in preparation for him coming. Now, a lot of these prophecies are hundreds and hundreds of years earlier, and it could be they just grew tired of waiting and watching. But nonetheless, God's word is true, and God doesn't lie. He said he's sending a Savior. They should have been prepared. There's many, many reasons um, we could probably come up with why they weren't ready, why they weren't watching for it. Something I, th- I uh, was thinking about is that they were looking for his triumphant entry, not his entrance as a babe in peasant's garments and laying in a manger. That's why they missed him. He wasn't coming as they expected. They had in their mind how God was going to work to save them, to deliver them from the... Uh, the earthly bondage they were in to the Romans or however you want to describe that, they're being ruled by the Romans. They wanted deliverance from that. They were not looking for him to be deliverance from their sin necessarily. Some probably were, as I mentioned, but the larger portion of them missed him because they weren't looking for the real reasons why he was coming. They weren't How did I say that? Uh, uh, Expectantly waiting. Is that how I said it earlier? Can't find my definition back. My notes. Um, And so then when he did come, they couldn't receive him. They couldn't decomai him is that first word to receive because they didn't earnestly expect earnestly wait prepare themselves they didn't prosdecomai for his coming so the two places that those words actually come out of one is um There with Simeon. Verse 25, Luke 2, verse 25. There's a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. The same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. That word waiting is to act, uh, expectantly wait to, um, there's another word, I'm, it's not coming to my mind right now, it's, but yes, waiting expectantly, like he was looking for it, he was not, he was not, uh, his eyes weren't focused on other things, if you will, they were They were watching for the Lord. So Mary, um, so when 
in verse 27, when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law. Then he took him up in his arms and blessed God. I'm pretty sure, it doesn't say anything about this, but I'm pretty sure, you can be pretty certain that Mary and Joseph didn't walk in and say, here is the Messiah. You know, an angel told us, this is Jesus, God's son. He's going to deliver us. None of that was proclaimed as they went into the temple. They went into the temple to fulfill the Jewish customs. I believe it was like the 41st day. Um, I can't think of what the that custom actually was called, but we'll call it a baby dedication for help and understanding. It's essentially what they were going in to do. It had to do with the firstborn um, Sorry, the the word's there on the tip of my tongue, but it's not coming again. Anyway, they go in to do this, and Simeon, or Simon in some places it says, recognizes right away, this is the Messiah. It's just a little baby, 40, <clears throat> 41 days old, and he can tell this is the Messiah. Can you imagine what the people around him thought that overheard him? probably thought he was crazy this didn't look like a king this didn't look like somebody that was going to deliver him from the Romans but he was waiting and he was expecting and so when he came he recognized that's kind of the key between these two words Um, so you can expectantly wait but in order to receive, okay, in order to actually receive, you need to be able to recognize. And so, as as he is waiting, um, that allowed him, because of his waiting, that allowed him to be able to recognize Jesus as the Messiah. And then it says in twenty eight, he took him up into his arms. That word "took" is the other word to receive. And it doesn't actually use this word with Mary, but I thought of the angel coming to Mary, and Mary's, and uh, the angel says to Mary that um, you're going to be pregnant. You're going to have a little baby. The Son of God is going to be born from you. And it doesn't say she was expectantly waiting. It doesn't say that she was prosdecomai. Uh, <clears throat> for the coming of the Savior, but it's apparent that she was by the fact that God wanted to use her. Um, And then the other thing that kind of gives that picture is the fact that she... She turned back there. There was a word she used that I was going to say again. Uh, verse 38 and chapter 1 of Luke. And Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. She accepted, she received what it was that God had for her. Um, just a minor note here. There's a couple 
different words that mean receive in the in the Greek, and uh, one of them is to to actively take hold of. I think it's the definition, and it gives this idea of just like you know really getting a hold of something. This here is they say it's more of a passive, um, and so I get that sense with Mary here. She's not begging God in her prayers to be the the virgin that is prophesied of in the Old Testament. She's not saying, you know, please, Lord, let me give birth to your son. But when God comes, she recognize, or when the angel comes to talk to her, she recognizes it and says, "Okay, I'll do it." She received him because she was prepared and looking for it. Simeon does the same thing. And Anna, sorry, Anna, also in uh, verse 36 in chapter 2, sorry, it would be verse 38, Now, let me read through that a second. And there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phineo, the tribe of Asher. She was of great age and had lived with an husband seven years from her virginity. She was a widow of about fourscore and four years, which departed not from the temple, but served God with fastings, prayers, night and day. And she, coming in that instant, gave thanks likewise. Again, you get the picture that she walked in, saw the baby Jesus, and said, wow, this is the Messiah. He actually came. After however many hundreds of years of prophecies, there he, wa- <clears throat> there he was. And then she went and told all of the others that were looking for, that were expectantly waiting for the redemption. Okay, now, moving on to us, my last point there. So, we could think about this in the aspect of Christ's second coming. Are we watching, waiting? The New Testament would give, uh, would give a command to watch and wait, to prepare for the second coming. Um. But I wanted to try to bring it a little closer home, a little more personal, maybe. There's, we know that God wants to, that God is working in the world today and wants to do work in the world today. He does that through you and I. Um, That has been borne out through scripture also. He wants to use men. It's a little bit, uh, it's one of those things that, that as a, you know, our human mind can't really wrap itself around why God has chosen to use us, how many mistakes we've made, um, but yet God still wants to use us to do His work in the world today. So just as He chose Mary for 
the work of giving birth to the Messiah, he's wanting to use you and I for something. Are we, are we actively expecting? Are we watching, waiting for that, what God has for us? Will we recognize it when that time comes? And then the last part is, the last part of that equation is, will we receive it? Um, I thought of the the uh, virgins in Matthew. I think it's Matthew twenty-five. Turn there a second. Again, it doesn't use these same, you know, watching and waiting and receiving. It doesn't use these same words, but the principle is there nonetheless. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto the ten virgins, which took took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise and five were foolish. They that were foolish didn't prepare themselves. They didn't... uh, they weren't really expecting, you know, maybe at first they, they were, but they allowed themselves to be distracted. They took their eyes off of, of the prize. They took their eyes off of the bridegroom coming. They didn't, um, I don't know how to say this exactly, but it's like they didn't prepare themselves to be in it for the long haul. You know, if he would have come several hours earlier, they would have still had enough oil, right? But the wise prepared themselves. They took oil in their vessels with their lamps. When he came, they arose, trimmed their lamps. They were ready. They were ready to receive because they were watching and waiting. Another thing I thought of with the uh, Jews there in the um, at the birth of Christ, the angel goes out and gives a message to the shepherds out on the hillside. And I thought that was kind of interesting because why, of all people, the shepherds, kind of the downcast part of society, you know, not really that, uh, generally not really that well thought of. I think of David when Samuel was looking to anoint a king and oh, David, well, he's just out with the sheep. It's kind of the impression you get. Why did the angel come to the shepherds? It doesn't, it doesn't say, but I had to wonder in thinking about this, actively expecting, were they, were they looking for the coming of the Messiah. Um, it seems like oftentimes the rich and the powerful is who misses it, but the downcast or the low, um, the out, outcast is the word I was looking for, the outcast of society or the, the lower part of society is who recognizes and is 
um, ready to receive. And I think for us, are we, and for myself, are we growing tired of waiting, tired of watching? Thinking about the inn, you know, had they prepared an inn specifically for Jesus to come? You could use that <clears throat> as a little bit of uh, a picture of us. Um, it says, know ye not that our body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Um, God is wanting to use us to do a work, just as he came into Bethlehem. He was born there in Bethlehem, and he wanted to begin a work from there. And we think of ourselves as an inn. Are we too full of other things to accept the Messiah, to be used of the Messiah? Have we prepared ourselves to receive him? Would that... Think of that innkeeper a little bit. Um, What if he would have been a friend of uh, Simeon's? They were in two different towns, I realize that, but if uh, him and Simeon talked about, you know, the Messiah coming, and he would have been one that also recognized, I'm guessing he probably would have cleaned out at least a room, no matter who it was that was in it, to make way for Mary and Joseph and and Jesus to be there, if not even his entire hotel, had he been watching and waiting. Are we waiting in earnest expectation? Are we going to be ready to receive him, whatever it is? However it is that he comes, are we going to recognize him? That's all I have this morning.